Welcome to Season 2, Episode 9 of The Life and Times of the Osborne Man. I am your host, Holly Hazard. In this episode, Marion seems to have mastered teaching in Millville, New Jersey, but is still unimpressed with the town. She's showing some entrepreneurship her father would be really proud of, but I think it just indicates how poorly teachers are paid. Some things never change. Her social life isn't suffering, though. I had to Google what a Kissel looks like. If you aren't regularly reading these transcriptions in my daily blog, go to my blog for August 17th at theosbornman.com and check out the picture. That car is a beauty. And now, here's Marion writing to her sister, Betty. Sunday evening, October 9th, 1921. Dearest Betty, I have my work planned in detail for one class a whole week ahead, and the plans for my other two courses in general for a whole week. Pretty good. But this week is going to be the end of the first marking, and there will be much work with quizzes in each class and all the notebooks coming in from lab week. This has been another stupid weekend to which nothing to do get out of the grind. Hilda was moving into her apartment, or she might have been over to see me. Expect if nothing happens, I'll go over to spend this next weekend with her. I've been waiting about my yarn as I want to get it over there. They have such marvelous colors. Think I'll get a sort of henna shade. Here's where I lose both eyes sure this time. Lady Margaret, Miss Wetstein, and I have the grandest idea. We're going to have a gift shop for three weeks before Christmas. By gift shop, we mean make up all the cute and pretty things we can between now and Christmas and sell them at her house. Make lots of cute doll dresses, handmade kerchiefs, collar and cuff sets. Buy cheap things, shoe ties, coat hangers, etc. at the five cent and ten cent. Paint them up dab on flowers, and sell for a million dollars. Isn't it a cute idea? I'm going to work every spare minute making things. I laid awake most all night thinking about all things we could make. I wish you could see the whiz of a car I've been riding in several times lately. It's one of those heavy, long, low-door, sport speed cars bright yellow, a Kissel, or first cousin to a Stutz. The boarder drives it for his friend, and they've taken Mrs. W. and me out several times. Would have taken us to Atlantic City last night, 36 miles, but we didn't know Hilda's new address yet, so they drove us around the county. Nowhere in particular after the ride. It was quite late, But Lady Margaret and I got so enthusiastic over our gift shop plan that it was then the wee small hours of the night, so we stayed all night with her. Awfully sorry the dress didn't get there. There's no reason why it shouldn't have. That news sounds great about the chapter. I was just so plain tickled. I'm glad about the fielding girl, but wish it had been Alpha Chi instead of Kappa Alpha Theta. Just the right colors of organdy for a dress like Jack's bride and rent it to mother. She wasn't able to finish it, so I've taken it to a woman to have it finished up 
as I don't have a record for anything. I'm crazy about it. Never had anything as good looking, or at least that I liked any better. It would be a darling dress for dances, so write any time you want it. I'm so tickled about Alice. Isn't it great? How does Laura act about it? Why didn't you rush the sevens? Or didn't you think the girls cared for them? How has everything come out about Hattie and Louise and the National Council and the Dean and the campus and everything else concerned? I think the pledges sound like a good, substantial bunch. And you might better have a few and be sure of them. Sorry we lost any bids, though. That's when a lot of care has to be taken. The year Faith was chairman, we lost just one bid to another fraternity. Of course, that was a pretty good record. But then we can't say so much about that year. It's the year the troubles came in, too, when all that was so grand and wonderful. Tell me what El Peak was like. Was Meaty there for all the rushing? Guess I've rambled on more than you'll have time to read. Much love, Marion. It's clear that these two sisters are quite close and that Marion is in some way living vicariously her college life all over again through uh, Betty's experiences. This week, Marion was narrated by her great-granddaughter Cricket Clayton. Next week, we'll hear from Marion again. Please join us. This podcast is produced by Holly Hazard. Music is provided by Escalante Music from Pond 5. Thank you for listening.